You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. We hope you're with us and you're in your post-Vladimania All-Star Game fun, and we're ready to run into the second half. But of course, with me, as always, Adam Corsair, Brandon Panikar. Fellas, how we doing? It's the deal. Pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Riding the high after uh, literally an MVP early vote kind of like thing going on here. Yeah, it made the early uh, early portion of the work week easier to uh, to get through. That's for sure. Yeah, the only thing I feel like I've been suffering, I got those highs from the other night, and now we've been having no baseball for two days. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and next. Yep. <laughs> Although during Trade Fest the other night, I was able to flip Walker <laughs> Bueller for Shohei Otani in my fantasy baseball league. So there could wow. be worse things going on. There you go. Be it offense. I think I won. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. so on that note. Let's talk All-Star Game first in general. You guys were like me, following it, immersing, watching the Blue Jay Twitter go nuts and everything and enjoying what – I. It, we've had some good All-Star performances over the years, obviously, and then Vlad having the home run derby and whatnot last year. But in all reality, guys, there hasn't been a even a couple RBI guy. I think they said Roberto Alomar was the last one to have this kind of a performance in an All-Star Game. Uh, Adam, what do you think? First off, what what was your uh, from the all whole collective celebration and everything this past week? Uh, well, I was um, obviously anticipating, and I think I'm not alone in this. I was anticipating something along the lines of Otani mania. Basically, I was I was figuring, and I don't think that's necessarily off. Um, that the whole All Star game was going to be focused around Otani because I think this is the first time. Uh, an American League player both batted and pitched. Um, I could be wrong about that, but uh, I think you know. it was actually first sense. time in an All Star game period because you got to think they weren't doing All Star games and stuff like way back when like people like Babe Ruth were playing and stuff like that. That was like sure. a 
fifties thing, I think is when they started. I'd have to look up when the first all-star game was, but there was a good extended amount of time in baseball's history there where there, were, there was no all-star games. True. Yeah. And so this is obviously a special event and, you know, I I walked into the home run derby thinking it was either going to be Alonzo or Otani. Um, I just didn't want to discount uh, Alonzo because, you know, obviously. But um, I am just absolutely shocked. And maybe Blue Jays fans are going to are going to crucify me for this. But I am absolutely shocked that Vladdy walked away with the MVP. And I'm very happy about it because I just thought it was going to just be given to Otani because of the accomplishment of pitching yeah. and hitting if at the same time. He managed to get like one hit. Probably if he managed to get a home run, I yeah, think. yeah. Um, <laughs> no but, brainer, I, but I was just in in shock, and it, it just proves to the level of uh, I, I think awareness and recognition that Vladdy is getting league wide. Just not not just within Blue Jays, you know, fan sphere. It's league wide. He's becoming one of the faces of the MLB. I don't remember a Blue Jays player, maybe Roy Halladay was the last one to really be a face of the MLB, not Bautista, not Donaldson. Vladdy's hitting that stratosphere, which is great. Um, so I was enthralled. I was excited. I was happy. And uh, Atkins and Shapiro, give him his extension now. It, it Now. Yes. Now. Think <laughs> that. Get Bo right on that, too. Yes. So get it all moving. Get it over with. Make it happen. But, yes, yes. that is a great summary as far as everything goes. The – environment and everything and watching him be able to rise above all that stuff it just shows how good of a game he had and the fact that watching him have you know getting the vlad dance on in the midst of an all-star game in prime time that was what blue jays fans were hoping that you would get out of this performance from vlad or any of the blue jays all-stars for that matter and in all reality brendan the blue jays basically won the damn game is really what it came down to me Yeah, for the so. first little while, it was Blue Jays 3, National League 0 uh, for the majority of the game. So that was all. That was fun. I don't remember a Blue, uh, any Blue Jays at previous All-Star games contributing that much. Like maybe a single or a double here or there from like the last 10 years would have primarily been what Bautista sprinkled in with some Edwin and and um, Josh Donaldson for a couple of years. But like Vlad has the chance to be the face of the, the, the All-Star weekend for years to come and to be honest, he's probably been the talk of All-Star Weekend and, and coverage the last two All-Star games because obviously there wasn't one last year. He was the talk of the town, even though he lost the home run derby in 2019 because it was like, holy crap, this 19, 20-year-old kid uh, hit 91 home runs uh, in the All-Star or in the home run derby in 2019, and then he was the face of the game this time around. I don't know about you guys. What would you prefer? Would you prefer Vlad be the talk of the Derby or the All-Star game? Because I'm actually riding on much more of a high from him being the talk of the actual game itself compared to the home run Derby. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, you can either be Alonzo or you can be Vladdy. Right. right. And there's a chance yep. if you're in the home run Derby that you don't play in the All-Star game, too. And you don't like you, you don't get that if you ride high. Alonzo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Vlad in 2019 didn't play in the All-Star game either. It was just the Derby. So, yeah, it was it was amazing. And to your point, Adam, about becoming a face of baseball. I watched the Fox feed because everybody knows my love of Joe Buck commentating. Uh, and he obviously <laughs> oh, did the game. Man. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I don't remember seeing a Blue Jay get as much camera time just in terms of like the commercials or those fun little things that they film for TV purposes. Like it was basically Otani, <laughs> Tatis Jr. and Vlad, who were the three that they focused on all uh, of the two days. It was awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's really how, 
other outside of the uh, Blue Jays, like, you know, special that we had when Vladdy was coming up into Major League Baseball, that has been there's now a new peak in what Blue Jays coverage has been in Major League Baseball relevance, right? All of a sudden now that he's being brought to the forward, and then they were also in the midst of that talking about Teoscar, Boba Shett, and Marcus Semyon. There was the Blue Jays offense was on full display in this game and why we have such a special team was shown a hundred billion times over to a nation, a couple nations, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. but very, very interesting. And I think that some of these things I know have come up since the, uh, you know, he's won the MVP and the fact that he was talking with Tay Oscar and the rest of his teammates and said, don't worry guys, I'm bringing home an MVP trophy. And then they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, don't bother coming home. If you don't, yep. <laughs> <laughs> those yep. kind of things. Um, it just shows the core of this team and all that good stuff to what is special brewing in Toronto for many years to come. And like you said, ink that nonsense right now. That's a Tatis uh, thing going ready, ready to happen at this point. Has and to be. Not to mention, yeah. could that have been more fun that they were, what were they chit chatting with? Yeah with uh yeah with tatis in the midst of that whole thing yep. and the fact that you just see the expression on his face and going oh right yeah. when vladdy they hits that home together, run right didn't they grow yeah, up together something yeah, like that they were friends when they were kids there you go yep um during the post game uh stuff that um david ortiz was actually very talkative about the fact that he obviously had knew vlad senior as long as he has and the fact that he got to see you know little vlad all those years and to see him come full forward and the fact that he's he was speaking very much to that work ethic that we've been seeing as blue jays fans since what was the quote unquote you know is he really going to pan out stage which a lot of us were like okay great whatever say whatever you want (laughs) he'll eventually figure it out he's turned around and figured it out tenfold over at this point to be if if it wasn't for Shohei Otani in the American League, Vlad Jr. is very easily probably the talk of the town going on. So what do you guys think as far as all this kind of stuff with the youth movement being on display in Toronto during this All-Star game? I'll let you uh, continue to run with it, Adam. Um, I think that when you look at what was displayed there from the Blue Jays side, right, and Maybe as much as credit as we give Simeon, and rightfully so, I don't know that he's part of that. So when we just isolate Bo and Vlad, because, again, I I don't want to exclude any accomplishments by Teoscar either, but I would tend to put the youth movement on for in terms of an all-star appearance on Bo and Vlad. Um, it speaks volumes, right? And it, it shows that in this point in their tenure, this as young as they are, I mean, Vlad's what, 22? He's the youngest AL MVP ever? It's, he's only 22. <laughs> Think about what's going to happen for the next decade. right? He's In his going first to, real All-Star game. Yeah, he's going to continue. <laughs> this is, he's going to continue to make them. He's going to continue to be there. And he's going to continue to get better. Same with Bo. Like, don't, don't just put, uh, you know, bench players, quote-unquote, for the All-Star game as as a write-off see he deserves it and uh, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up earning a starting lineup role in a future all-star game it wouldn't surprise me at all so blue jays fans should be very encouraged with what we're seeing and what we have right now um and i know it's really easy to uh come off an all-star game high done and i know we're going to transition to that soon but you know while we're here though coming off an all-star game which was way better than i anticipated it to be and those jerseys actually looked better with them wearing them than what Definitely. I saw. Um, and I'm glad they put the Canadian flag on the uh, on the heart. That was a good touch. 
Um, College touchdown I, I just, screwing up the All-Star or the Fourth uh, of July thing. I had to do something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, I just think it was a good touch. I think it was a, a really good display. And uh, Blue Jays fans should be proud and excited, at least for the future. Maybe not the immediate future, but at least for the long-term future of these two players in particular. Future oh, looks on. good. <laughs> I'm <just> saying. <laughs> We're going to talk trades. That a little bit at the end, but I think we'll, we'll get to that point and bring you back up. Brendan, your, your thoughts uh, to wrap up this conversation about the All-Star game. I do want to point out really quick, though, that um, to your point on Boba Shedd, Adam, he has now got officially 162 games in Major League Baseball, basically to close out the sec- first half of the season. And he's batting a mere 300 with 32 home runs, 101 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, and 121 runs scored. I'm guessing you <laughs> saw the Blue Jays Twitter account then. <laughs> I just saw the tweet. <laughs> but it's not what I'm looking at. <laughs> I just thought I, it was too I, good I had that up. I thought that's where you were going when you started with that. But no, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> Your turn. Oh, he's going to be, the, uh, he's gonna be uh, getting his fair share of uh, all-star vote-ins as well and uh, be in the starting lineup. Maybe not every year, but he's the kind of guy who'll be a perennial all-star as well. So. You're definitely going to have two Blue Jays All-Stars moving forward. I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two you throw a pitcher in there uh, as well. The next five to seven All-Star games are probably going to be at least three Blue Jays, if not more. And that's awesome, considering that there were so many years of just one Blue Jay being Roy Halladay, Jose Bautista, a couple of years when they had, what, I think there was one year they even had six in uh, with yep. Michael Saunders getting that last vote in 2016. So um, we're getting back to that stage. And the fact that there was three Blue Jays in the starting lineup and you heard the Toronto Blue Jays name called three times during the intros was just unreal. It's because I can just picture some random sitting there who doesn't pay attention to baseball all that much. It's like, wow, the Blue Jays actually have some really damn good players. I wonder how they're doing. And they must be surprised that they're only 45 and 42. But yeah. John Smoltz said on the broadcast, he's like, this offense is incredible. Um, just imagine if they had a little bit of pitching. And that's the theme of the second half of the season. Let's see what they can do. So, <laughs> You trying to reorder my agenda? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was trying to steer it toward youth movement so we could go to the draft. But OK, fine. New <laughs> to trade talks. I see how you are. <laughs> so but anyway, before we get into the trade talks, I know we're going to spend way more time on that. And I, that's going to probably be a ton of this episode. And I want to be able to focus on that. Let's knock the MLB draft stuff right out of the way here really quick. He's the Blue Jays actually had a sneaky good draft for a team that we had. What? The 22nd pick or yeah. something like that. 19. So. 19. Okay. So either way, they snuck in and stuck, took a guy. Yes, he's going to need Tommy John surgery. And uh, I, damn it, I lost it. Gunner, uh, Gunner Hoagland. Hoagland. <laughs> so, and then p- picking up Gunner Hoagland, he was a guy that until they he got hurt, they were talking he might have been a top 10 guy. So watching him slip down to pick 19 guys, that's kind of getting in that ballpark where we're hoping to get a good pitcher out of this, where the last few years, obviously, we've been drafting heavy on position players. Position players for the Blue Jays' main lineup is starting to come into fold, so this makes sense that they went that direction with their first-round pick. Um, Brent, I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the MLB draft because it's just not as widely publicized as like the NFL or the NBA, where you can read up on prospects like crazy. But yeah, just everything I've read on some of their draft picks from this past few days been awesome. I mean, uh, you're right; they said that Gunnar Hoagland, if he didn't have Tommy John or wasn't going to be injured would be a top 10 talent. And that was a chance that they just can simply pass up. And they've gotten that correct in the past, this front office when they've drafted guys with injury problems. The one pick that 
I'm excited for just based off of purely social media reaction is the pick of Irv Carter, the guy uh, from Florida and out of high school, just because he just seems like an awesome, awesome guy. Looks like he has a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't want to say Marcus Stroman in him, but like just from the pure swag and passion out in the mound, he seems like just the kind of guy that Blue Jays fans would fall in love with should he make it to the major leagues. And he seems like a very easy guy and good guy to root for. But everybody else kept on saying, I think it was either Chad Dallas or Ricky, I'm pretty sure it was their third round pick, Ricky Tiedman or however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. That was a name that was really well received by Blue Jays Twitter. And they kept on talking about and sharing things on. So, you know what? It was all pitchers except for uh, one outfielder, one position player. And rightfully so. Pitching is <laughs> how teams win these days uh, in baseball. So uh, I think it was a good draft from everything I've read. And I just wish I say this every year. I wish that MLB did a better job of promoting the draft like the NFL and the NBA so that we could know a little bit more about these prospects and not have to like go looking through every little corner of the Internet to find this stuff out. Because in the NFL and NBA, they throw it right in your face. And that's awesome because you can at least know who you're drafting and have a legitimate opinion on it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out for sure. Yeah, because outside of Baseball America, you're really not getting that. Right. I, we were actually, right before you hopped on the call for the show tonight, Adam and I were venting on the fact that there's not like one article that sums up the Blue Jays grading for how no. well they drafted. No. All right, fine. Adam, what do you think of the Blue Jays uh, and how they drafted it? You, you you happy with what we got? What Anything that stood out to you? Yeah, I, I'm glad that the vast majority, with as Brendan mentioned, with the exception of one pick, was all pitching. Um, I think that's something that, although we give credit rightfully so to the regime for rebuilding the farm system, um, it's largely been with positional players. Um, that's not to say there haven't been some promising arms here and there, but it's really one of the hardest things to hit on. And if you just draft a a plethora of them, you're bound to at least hit one out of these, what, nine, nine pitchers they drafted. Um, so I th- I think it's prudent that they're they're trying to build their system in that regard. Um, I'm sort of I was salty about this year's draft, and it's because of last year's how they limited last year's to five rounds. And I remember yeah. us talking about it, and I was saying just do that every year. I understand like farm systems have to get built, and you have multi levels in farm systems to fill up. But the fact that you can just narrow it down to five rounds. And you can just hone in on players. Like last year, we were amped about Austin Martin, amped yeah. about it, and amped. because he was supposed well, to be no baseball. <laughs> yeah, but he was also supposed to be the one-on-one, right? And he, I think right. we were the fifth pick last yeah, year or the yeah, fourth. He fell. Um, yep. and he fell all the way to us. We there was some hype involved. It was like, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything about Gunner right now, but there doesn't seem to be much hype involved in any pick, really. And I think the Pirates' first pick was a catcher. And it's already getting like sort of poo-pooed on because it's a catcher in in the first round. How many catchers go? Yeah, how many of them succeed? They just become managers. Maybe that's they're really thinking that far ahead. Yeah, maybe, (laughs) maybe. And you know, like when you look at the NBA draft, it's only two rounds, right? And there's a lot of hype involved. And when you look at the NFL draft, I think the the first two days is what's broadcasted. Everything else is just after picks. So for me, it's I, I think there is a disconnect about these same time the reason why i feel like these draft picks aren't hyped is because you're not going to see them for like three or four or five years you know and by then you're going to forget about them and unless they're super hyped in the system so 
I don't know. Do I, am I happy with the, the picks? Sure. I mean, they obviously do more. Re- I can't research high school players. I don't know. Uh, Sheriff Carter is coming from so, Calvary Christian high school. Cool. Like, yeah, hopefully he's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's to all. that point, um, you would mention how long <laughs> it takes usually for players to come up through the Blue Jays minor league system and eventually become actual Blue Jays. Alec Manoa is one of the ones in the most recent of history to make it that quickly to the majors. Even sure. Boba Shett, you know, was a cut was three years, basically in the minor league system. Alec Manoa was 2019. Correct. Yeah. So. What okay, about Kirk? Great. He, yeah. Kirk was uh, also. Well, no, because I actually saw Kirk back in Bluefield. So that had to have been three years ago, four years when ago. When did he get drafted? 2018. It's whatever year we picked up Perdino. He was international free agent in 2016. Right. There you go. So, so it, it took was him four years. Four years. Yeah. So, but that's the average, you know, if you're a yeah. good player and you can find a level to stand out at. Usually that four or five year ballpark is a normal development cycle, yeah. right? Unless you're playing in an organization where you're, you know, perennial last placers, you know, like right. the, the reason we're seeing the guys that are playing on the Orioles right now is they just don't have that depth on the top of the minor league system. And we're getting to start to see guys like Cedric Mullins and whatnot come out in those organizations. But that being said, the Blue Jays obviously are log jammed and we've already talked about this extensively. And I guess Adam more points to you as far as segues go, because, you know, <laughs> we're going to go and skip right to what Brendan <laughs> was ready to dive on a minute ago. <laughs> so the Blue Jays have had these, you know, where they built up the farm system. We have this, you know, endless seeming play of uh, middle infielders in the midst of our system. What do we do with all this kind of stuff? The Blue Jays are on that cusp right now where they are actually technically in better standing than they were in the 2015 season because they're actually above 500. This isn't a complete sell the farm situation to the point where you're going to just deplete the whole farm system. But there is something there if you make the right moves. This team right now gets much better and actually could make the giant playoff push that we need them to do. We've seen chinks in the armor for the Yankees. The Red Sox have been holding on and still playing great baseball, but we still don't know if that's going to continue with the injuries. I really feel like they're hinging their bet a lot on the fact that they can land Chris Sale healthy and run really well here at the end of July and August. But <laughs> that's what we're ho- they're hoping on the Rays are being the Rays I don't know how they're still doing it <laughs> and they're hoping to get Wander Franco but pull out and uh doing what he does we got some trade offers that the Blue Jays have been uh, quote-unquote checking out and let's just start first off with a weird one that I that caught me really with surprise Nelson Cruz has been in the Blue Jays minor or um you know Twitter first talking and articles and whatnot I I don't understand this move, Adam. I can see you chomping at the bit to hop on this one. So I'm going to let you just, you know, dive on this whole thing. I love Nelson Cruz, but does he fit this team? No, but that's not the point. <laughs> it, I mean, how you really feel about it? It's the point that on Twitter, people were refusing to trade Trent Thornton for Nelson I know. Cruz. That like, really what the fuck is wrong with you? Come on I, went, I went to go try that actually into my MLB The Show thing and see what it would do in a franchise. Mode. Like that. literally give me the give me the finger or something like that. Because it's like, as far as that goes, it's a gold card versus a guy that's like, like the commas of the common. <laughs> so. like, Trent Thornton. I don't even think Trent Thornton is contracted to be on the team next year. I don't even understand. I think might actually be right. He's like, <laughs> uh, the people are like, he's so young, so much potential. What are you talking about? Where is this potential? Where is that? Where is this untapped potential? The only way he's going to have untapped potential that's going to bite the Blue Jays in the ass if he's a Tampa Bay Ray. That is the only possible way yes. that Trent Thornton is going to pan out. Look, 
Nelson Cruz does not have a place on this lineup because I do like the fluidity with DH. I really do. I like how you can, you know, give some certain players off days, like have Bo Bissett not play shortstop, but have him DH and still get his reps in. Same thing with Simeon. Same thing with Springer, who probably will need it a little bit more. Same thing with Vladdy. If you're getting a Nelson Cruz, he is your DH, period. And if yeah. he's not DHing, he's not playing, period. He's just not playing. There's no room in the outfield for him. Um, unless, of course, you're trading a Lourdes for him, but which I don't really feel comfortable doing anyway. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, you can't there's, give him anything good for a guy that's a rental in that situation. That's, that's what I'm saying. And a 41-year-old DH, exclusive DH. I don't know that the Blue Jays need more offense. And that's what I'm hearing. Like we're 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 not we as in this group, but Blue Jays fans are chasing after players that it will be like Chris Bryant. Although I would like Chris Bryant because there's a gaping hole at third base. I think the yeah. priority right now is pitching. Um, if that means we have to go to the Cubs and get a little bit more and just to take on the the expiring contract of Chris Bryant in addition, sure, I, I I'm into that. But I don't think Blue Jays fans nor the organization should be gunning for more or, uh, for offense. However, if it's like a 2015 kind of thing in which they land someone like Tulo first, not Tulo, but land an offensive yeah. player first, you're going to be waiting for that other domino to drop. And All if right. it does, it's going to be like, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if 2015 has taught us anything, pitching wins World Series. If 2020 has taught us anything, pitching wins World Series. Or you could lose a playoff game with pitching, yeah. right, or or how you manage it. So uh, I just gentlemen think have heard me compare this to the uh, the the 1995 World Series, which was the Marlins versus the Indians. It was literally yeah. full on pitching versus the yes. Manny Ramirez, Albert Bellisms of and Kenny Lofton. That lineup mm-hmm. was unstoppable. Oh, Jim Tomey, just to throw another monster bat in there. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry about it. That's the kind of thing we're heading toward. To your point, yeah, you have to you have to get pitching. So, um, no, Nelson Cruz does not fit in this team. But if we're trading Trent Thornton, you can fleece the Twins to get Nelson Cruz for Trent Thornton. Every single day of my life, I would make that trade. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> on that point, though, do you think the Nelson Cruz thing is that money thing with a Twins possible trade? For Because I think the real trade. Yeah. And there you go. I'm going to let you go with that, Brendan. Seeing you brought up the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Jose Barrios. I, I'll, any trade to get a starter of Barrios's caliber or whoever it is, Marquez, I'll take on anybody's contract at this point. And that's what they should be doing. They have the financial flexibility to do so and be like, hey, yeah, we'll take all 20 million or 25 million dollars of this guy to get him off the books as long as you give us uh, this guy who we actually want. So. Yeah, Adam, to your point, if it is just Trent Thornton, I'm doing that trade like a thousand times out of a thousand. Like, there's no way I'm saying no, and I'll figure it out later. See how Nelson Cruz gets his at-bats. But, like, and even if it is a part, like, if it if it is with the ultimate um, goal of getting Jose Barrios and Cruz has to come with him, uh, we're not saying no to that either because we just added another incredible bat to the lineup to go along with strengthening the pitching staff. So, yeah, yeah Barrios and Marquez seem to be the two guys who kind of fit that mold where you can trade uh, and take on a whole bunch of different uh, dead money from teams or just be like, hey, what contract do you want off the books? As long as it lowers the prospect capital going back to the other team, which it which it helps. It definitely does. Like that's how they got Liriano in a way um, in 2016. They took on all of his money and they only had to give up Drew Hutchison. And it came with two prospects to go with it back to Toronto as well yep. and a three for one. So they could get creative. Um, I'm, I'm down. I'm absolutely down, but, uh, yeah, no, it's hard to imagine where Nelson Cruz fits in right now. If there's either not another trade or why do the trade if it's not to get Burrios. 
Correct, and including with the way our outfield is pretty well structured. Right now, we have, obviously, George Springer locked up long-term. I think we have another year of Randall Grichik. Is that a correct statement? Yes. When did he sign his extension? 2018, I want to say, and it was for four years. I wanted to say through 2022 for some reason was what was in my head. So, look. okay, let's just run with the idea that that's it. And then it you have Lawrence Gurriel Jr. Who's like on the most yeah, friend, team friendly, uh, you know, contract in you know baseball history. Mm-hmm. And I know Loris hasn't been exactly lighting the world on fire like he was a little bit last year, but the fact that, you know, he can do that and he's been trending in the right direction over the last month, month and a half. You got that. And now we also are eventually going to have this, you know, wonderful talk, guys, that we're going to have Corey Dickerson back in this equation here, who's another outfielder. So it even becomes more weird as you find in trying to find a place to get Nelson Cruz. But if it's one of the situations there that that's Loris going back in that trade to get Barrios involved in that. Okay, now we're talking because they're still having three outfielders and then maybe you put Nelson Cruz in the DH spot or however that, you know, fallout ends up happening. But right now, I think to both of your points, Nelson Cruz would be the money equivalent part of this trade just to get his big contract that they were hoping to run into tons of offense like the Twins did last season with Nelson Cruz in that lineup. And obviously that's not quite panning out for the Twins this season to that Mm -hmm. same tee. The rest of the guys around those performers have not been quite what they were anticipating. And Josh Donaldson, unfortunately, has not been healthy for him. It's just been a laundry list of issues for the Twins. And to that point, though, Brios has been having a resurgence, you know, back to his normal self, I think, uh, after a really rocky start to this season. But how much was that him, the Twins, whatever, you know, chalk up to whatever as he's right now. Or it's one of those situations where he gets in Pete Walker's hands. Great. Give me him. I don't care. And we have the prospect capital to the other point of this whole money situation to make anything really happen. So I want to go back to the prospect capital thing here before we go to the obvious cover Cubs fire sale. That's going to be happening. I think here in the very near future, um, that prospect capital is known by a certain general manager very heavily that has a closer that we would be very, very, very interested in. And I am leaning in the direction of the Pittsburgh Pirates and their new um, GM for this season, Ben Charrington, who used to be the Blue Jays, you know, you know, all this minor league talent. Guess what? He was the director of. (laughs) So he knows this minor league system for the Blue Jays, unfortunately, probably a little too well for us to be making a trade with them. But in the midst of that, the Blue Jays would be getting a possible piece. And I, and Rodriguez in this flip, um, Adam, what do you think? We need a closer. We were talking to you. You want pitching. Is that going to be the one thing that pushes this up over the top? Or are you leaning more um, starting pitching to this? I'm not necessarily sure that there's that. And this might be controversial. I don't know that there's that much of a need for any more starting pitching. Um, I think the majority of it has been good enough. Um, if Ryu can get back on the horse with as much rest as he's had, put that month of June behind him and bleeding into July, even though his July hasn't been too terrible, um, have Manoa continue to pitch well, have Robbie Ray be completely lights out. Who cares about Matt's and uh, why? Why uh, Stripling? If he can yep. continue to be to be good, uh, I think we're okay. And we have um, arms coming up. Why is this guy's name escaping me? Thomas uh, yep, there you go. Uh, it, I was going to say, it, are you reaching really far, or are you going for the guy that's the, the close one? I'm saying 
there, there's some depth there. And even if things go off the rails, we have Anthony Kay to sort of stabilize things. So in terms of a starting acquisition, I don't know that it's necessary. I wouldn't necessarily be chasing it. But if we can get something within a package, I'm certainly not going to scoff at it. In regards to closing roles, I don't know that that is that much of a need in the same vein as starting pitching. Yeah, Romano hasn't been amazing, and he's been, you know, he's coughed up some here and there. But, I mean, on the whole, I'd like to think he's pretty reliable. It's those middle-tier relievers that I think the Blue Jays need to target. Um, <clears throat> those are the players that have been coughing up leads. Those are the players that have been costing Blue Jays Ws. Um, so if we can solidify bullpen role, like long relief, um, you know, maybe set up men, I think that would do the Blue Jays pretty well. And I don't know that I feel comfortable giving up the prospect capital for a Rodriguez, depending on what it is, because he is pretty cheap and he only has, uh, I'm looking at his salary right now, it's 1.7 million plus two more years of arbitration after that. So that's a lot of control yeah. for a decent price. Um, the only way I would do this is that you'd be relegating Romano to uh, a setup role after that, and maybe the least to an earlier role. Are we comfortable doing that? Are we feeling like that is a stable bullpen? I'm not really there because if you don't have a lead, you don't have a need for Rodriguez, right? Or if you're not like close in the game, you don't have a need for Rodriguez. So I think having a stable bullpen set up men is more important than a strong closer at this point. To that point, though, you're pushing, if you get the guy all the way at the back end, that's the lockdown. You're pushing <laughs> Romano and everybody back down into those other that's innings what I'm saying. that you were talking yeah. about. So it, Yes and no at the same time. You're worried right. about giving up too much capital, but to that point, the where I was trying to steer this is Ben Charrington might ask for these three guys that are further away versus Good. two, two yeah. lights-out prospects or maybe yeah, even I, a major leaguer in a prospect. You know, I, t- To me, there's something to that relationship. It wasn't broken up because they Ben Charrington had a problem with our front <laughs> office or anything like that. No, no, I just think there's going to be something that is a big, that is something that could be beneficial for both organizations, probably more often than a lot of these other things that you know we typically see in baseball. But Brendan, I'm gonna let you run with it. Yeah, oh, I think the question that we got to answer the three of us is where would you rather make your biggest trade and give up the most? Would you rather that be for a starter or for a back end type bullpen arm? Because I know they made two crazy trades in 2015 for Tulo and for David Price. I see them only making one of that type of a move this this off or this uh, trade deadline for some reason. I don't know if it'll be as big as the 2015 deadline, but close to oh, it yeah. for sure. And definitely as exciting because it really is one or two pieces away. To your point, Adam, I think where you're going with that is they need their versions of Latroy Hawkins and Mark Lowe at the trade deadline. Yeah. You, you don't need a sexy, you don't need a sexy bullpen arm, but you need an effective one who can come in make six or seven. <laughs> right. And, and for those guys, it won't it won't cost much to get your Mark Lowe equivalent or your Latroy Hawkins equivalent. But at the end of the day, if you w- would rather, I'm sure there's an equal argument for both sides, whether you want a closer or a number two or number three starter to solidify a potential playoff rotation. Um, I can see an equal argument for uh, giving up a lot of capital for either of those, whichever way you want to go. Personally, I think I'm leaning starter. I'd rather go all out and get a starter because, yeah, Ryu is your ace <laughs> at the top of the rotation right now. 
Robbie Ray, who's kicking things off tomorrow to start, has been ace-like as well. But after that, there's definitely a drop-off. I mean, Stripling has been really, really good. And he's the perfect fourth starter in mm-hmm. a separate playoff series. So yeah. you have a gap where your third starter is. Because it's not going to be Manoa in the playoffs, I don't think. Because they're going to want to manage his innings. And who knows how he does the rest of the year. He's passed the test with flying collars so far, I think. Of course, he's had some hiccups. He's still learning, but he's not going to be in the playoff rotation. And Steven Matz, I think, is another iffy starter two away from potentially losing a spot in the rotation for Thomas Hatch, who got off to a great start in the minors yesterday. I think it was, what, five innings, five strikeouts or something like that. He had a very yeah. good start. So, they, yeah, I'd rather do what you're kind of leaning towards there, Adam. Get, like, not a sexy bullpen name, but a good one. A good yes. seventh inning guy, sixth inning guy, and then you have Romano and and other guys back there. And Baraki's coming back now too. So even though we probably shouldn't rely on him to stay healthy for the rest of the year, we can at least hope that he can. So I'm going. Well, I'm somebody up some innings there. innings for a little bit, even right. Wait, right now they just need some. Honestly, I think right now a big help with them would be just to have a consistent lefty even for a bit, because right now you're pushing Anthony K into that. Uh, extended role that Thornton was taking, which honestly, I, he's been doing wonderful. And I think that's a perfect spot for him to really, you know, help this team and further his development. Because I still think long-term, he's still a Blue Jays starter at some point. Um, but then Barucki has already kind of been solidified to, we've seen hit the best of Ryan Barucki in a lefty role for the bullpen period. So he comes back and eats up an inning here and there or whatever, until we can get over the hurdle. Great. But to the back to the trade talk, um, one of the other guys that they were linked to was tra- Taylor Rogers. And I forgot to mention that with the, uh, Minnesota twins fun, but <laughs> if they're going to go starting pitching to me, it comes down to the, the starting pitcher needs to be a controllable starting pitching. If it's going to be a closer, I think they would be better off going for that rental guy, which is part of the possible Cubs fire sale right. because there's just not as much maybe to it that you have to throw into it. And it makes the Cubs happy by getting the payments off the books and just enough prospects back in return. But it's not going to be a top tier guy unless it's packaged funny. So, but that being said, what do you think to that point? Do you think if they get a guy for the bullpen, is it just a one year guy or, and then if you go for a guy that's going to be helping this rotation that you see it needing to be a further than just helping this team win right now with the fact that we don't know if Robbie Ray's coming back, we would hope he is, but he is only on this year. Um, I believe Steven Matz is in that same ballpark, but at this point, depending on what he does really the rest of the season, I'll give you 50, 50, if we are happy or sad about that. (laughs) So, and then I believe Ross Stripling's also in that same boat. So you're talking, going into next season with right now, right Ryu and Manoa for this current rotation and either having to go for free agency and trying to fill that in. So that's where I was trying to steer the conversation. Brendan, what do you think on that whole idea of where that lines up with the Blue Jays current and future? Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with uh, getting a starter with control and paying that cost for that. They do have stripling for another few years. That's why the cost was uh, Kendall Williams. Um, But, you know, to your point, it's it's absolutely right. Next year, you don't probably at this point, I don't know if Robbie Ray comes back or not. I don't know if he if he's loved it here. Well, he's never even pitched a game for the Blue Jays in Toronto before. So I don't want to say, has he loved it here? Has he loved it with the team and the guys he's with? Probably. He seems to fit. I hope he chalks that up to he needs to come back because that's like unfinished business. He needs to pitch a game in Toronto with the Blue Jay uniform on. (laughs) That'd that'd be nice, man. That'd be really, really nice. But yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, we'll see what happens because uh, there are two starters that will potentially be out the out the door next year. But again, that's another year where um, Hatch, anybody else can come back up. 
But yeah, you need another guy who can be relied upon kind of like going into next year with the version of Robbie Ray that we were going into this year with, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I'd rather the controllable starter than the controllable bullpen arm because we've said it many times on this show. We've seen so many examples. Bullpen arms are scary. They can be really dominant one year and really, really shit another one. So uh, yeah, I'm fine with whether it's Kimbrel um, as a rental, even though I think they would have Kimbrel for next year too, which is actually kind of nice. Um, I'm fine with uh, a rental in the bullpen for sure. Adam, we want to pick up and run with that. And if you want to go diving into the C- the Cubs fire sale thing, go right ahead. Sure. Yeah. All right. So to answer your question, yes, I'm okay with the rental reliever role. And yes, I want a starter with control. Um, <clears throat> here's why I don't really mind having a rental reliever. And I think this would be the cheaper option. Obviously, you don't, you probably don't have to give up a lot. Um, when you look at what you're able to build in an off season, you can fill in those gaps fairly well. Um, unless you're an elite bullpen uh, pitcher, you're not really chased, and it takes time for you to sign. Even if you are, look at Liam Hendricks. Like, yeah. Even if you, it took him a while to too. to get an offer, right? Um, but you know, that being said, when you look at what this Blue Jays bullpen was supposed to be, yeah. you look at Tyler Chatwood, Kirby Yates, David Phelps, Julian Merriweather, Barucky was coming back, AJ Cole. Carl Edwards Jr. Like you had these players that could have been something. And I'm not saying they're going to be lights out, but there was a lot more stability than there is right now. Right. And so if if we didn't get hit so hard with the injury bug, and I think last year's COVID season had a lot to do with that stretching out players a little bit awkwardly. Um, this team would be in a different conversation. Right. And so when you think about those players, you'd be like, yeah, you could pick those up. You're able to do that. So if you're yeah. if you want to be chasing rental relievers, that's fine with me. I don't care about that. But you need starters with control because, as we've mentioned, we only have Ryu, Manoa, and Stripling as surefire starters, uh, barring anything unforeseen um, for this team. So if you can get a starter with control, go for it. Um, and now moving on to the Cubs, um, I don't know if you have any players in particular. If you're thinking like Kimbrel right now for a closer role. Um, sure. If we're going to fill in that closer role, if there's number one closer I want personally is Kimball because he's been there, done it. He's intimidating as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I just like the look. Um, I would a ass- winner. Yes. I would assume that would also, uh, coincide with the Chris Bryant, just as we mentioned, just for salary relief. And of course, like getting out of it and, you know, having him, uh, you want to get something for him rather than walking away for nothing. Cause I don't think he's going to play for the Cubs next year. Um, Sure. I mean, like it, I'm looking at his contract, his 2021 contract is about 19 and a half million. So you're paying half of that, whatever. Um, I don't know that you would have to give up a lot of prospect capital for Chris Bryant, but I would assume Kimbrell falls in that category that you'd probably have to give up something substantial, at least one pretty good prospect to Definitely. the Cubs. Um, Most of the Cubs trade stuff that's been flying around just in general, not just with the Blue Jays, has been those two kind of married together in a trade. Yeah. Kimberly yeah. Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see, although we have a fit for Chris Bryant uh, defensively um, on the squad right now, I'm not sure that I'm in love with it. And I'm not sure that the Blue Jays, I think there would be a lot of fanfare hype around just the name cloud of Chris Bryant coming to the Blue Jays. But I don't know that Chris Bryant is going to, is going to be the equivalent to a Tulo coming in and really pushing you to a postseason berth. 
Um, I think you're going to need to do better than that. And again, if you're going to do better than that, I would like a higher quality starter than acquire Chris Bryant. Because again, I think the offense is fine. I don't necessarily think we need much offensively and we can cover the blemishes offensively at the bottom end of the lineup from a cabin or from a Santiago Espinal with what's front loaded as it is. Um, right. So when it comes to the Cubs, I'm not eager to trade with them, but I'm not scoffing at it. It just depends on what's what's going the other way. I hear you on that. Brendan, you want to pick up the Cubs ball there? Yeah, sure. I um, I'm trying to find it right now. I was looking on Twitter to see if I could, but somebody made the comparison. I think it was from May 5th or mid-May with Chris Bryant to Kevin Biggio. And Biggio has actually been contributed more F4 to the Blue Jays than Chris Bryant has to the Cubs. Uh, that being said, I, I saw that. Want... Hold on. Let me interject. Uh, that That's sort of um, Crush Monday. No, it's a misnomer. I was having a discussion about it with Rich. Um, yeah. It's because um, uh, Kevin missed so much time in between. True, true. Didn't even think of okay. that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, whoever that was. In the midst I, of that, though, they're two really similar players right now because for the Cubs, yeah, yes. Bryant's been playing everywhere. And he's been very unselfish in that same manner that Kevin Biggio has been with the Blue Jays. So to the to that point, maybe that does help this team, at least from that. OK, well, if they do trade one of their outfielders, you got somebody that can still rotate through the outfield. You got a guy that can play third base. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was like half the at-bats that Brian right. had. Yeah, true. Gotcha. I, I understand what that person was trying to do with that tweet, but I didn't even think of that. So good good okay. point, Adam. Yeah, no, no kidding. There is a little <laughs> bit of a – that argument is kind of eh, – I understand yeah. where you're going with it. But, um, but no, I, I still need somebody with a better glove at third base because Kevin ain't it. Um, Espinal, lovely utility player, but I think he gets exposed with more at-bats that he gets. He's perfect in the role he's in right now. Kind of like Ezekiel Carrera was perfect for the role he was in in 2016. Right. A guy who could contribute um, every so often. I would say, yeah, you can maybe even start two or three times a week and be good. Uh, but anything more than that, you play every day, you get exposed, and you're not as good. So Espinal, keep him in the role he's in. And outside of that, I mean, that just opens the door. There's a huge need at third base. The name cloud of Bryant, as you said, Adam, would definitely would get people excited. I think it would still get me excited, the name cloud alone, but um, I definitely, my expectations for what he could do would be lower than the excitement over the name cloud, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so I agree. I don't think it'd be as much of an excitement or an impact as too low. Um, I don't even know if it comes close to that. Maybe, maybe like 60 to 75% tops uh, of what too low brought in 2015. But, uh, yeah, I think you can look elsewhere for third base, yeah. potentially. Where did Tulo end up falling into the Mount Crushmore lineup? Was he batting second? No, Donaldson was batting no, second. No, I think so he was fifth. Where was he? Yeah, fifth, sixth? they had him fifth or sixth. They had him sixth in the playoffs at one point because he wasn't yeah. hitting. Um, well, just to they, put this out there, if you do bring Chris Bryant in and we're trying to make that comparison to Troy Tulowinski, this lineup right now, Chris sixth. Bryant's going to be batting seventh or sixth. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and with, if Lars Curiel Jr. keeps trending in the right direction i'm sorry to say he's not gonna be in the seven eight spot either for very long right i think so he'd be going the other way yeah i would what, be my only is? catch on the whole thing mm -hmm. yeah for mm -hmm. those two i Probably. think he would be the trade chip as much as i i honestly don't want to see that happen just knowing the fact that teoscar vladdy and uh lordis are like you know that is the gang in the dugout yeah, well, and then that... part of that obviously too but he's not like you know yeah, two yeah. Of the, the three of them are like literally hanging off each other in the locker room I know it's a win now move, but I also wonder 
Loris Gurriel Jr. is going to be a hell of a baseball player. So, um, sorry, it, Craig, to me, somebody... it would have to be the right trade to still be losing Loris. And yes. I don't know if Craig Kimbrell, Chris Bryant is yelling that at No, me. somebody made that comparison that you're just alluding to yesterday or two days ago on Twitter saying that could very much disrupt the clubhouse because that's who they FaceTime at the All-Star game, wasn't it? In the ninth inning, yeah. at some point during the game, they FaceTimed with Lourdes. And look, I know the 2015 team, uh, Edwin and Jose were really close with Jose Reyes, which was the other point of what the guys were saying. But at the end of the day, I think Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion were much happier after they got to the American League Championship Series and probably weren't even thinking about Jose Reyes. So you could get over it, but... <laughs> Longer term, because that team was nearing the end of its shelf life, that's fine. Uh, but this team is just starting its shelf life with how good they can be. And the the chemistry that they have in the clubhouse already, that would be a tough sell to mix with, uh, to mess with right now and rip rip up a little bit. So I'm with you there. Winning to me, if it was everything. Be... It's true, yeah. though. It is. If they win a World Winning Series at the end of the day, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to float another name out here, and I'm honestly surprised he's even uh, possibly a uh, trade chip, which because the Cleveland Indians guys are not exactly out of it with the fact that the, you know the White Sox are dropping like flies as much as I don't want to say it, because I like the White Sox as young mm-hmm. core. It's going in that same mold that the Toronto Blue Jays are. They're building a team the proper way. and But Jose Reyes... Or Jose Ramirez, sorry, you messing me up with the Jose <laughs> yeah. Ramirez thing. So, but Jose Ramirez has been, been even since the spring training. You know, he's been out, quote unquote, as far as the Indians trying to continue to be competitive and win and still build a team for the future is really what they're trying to do. They're doing a lot better than we did, just saying. <laughs> but um, to that point, his name comes up in you know a rumor here, a rumor there, and has honestly picked up a little bit of Twitter steam in the last couple of weeks. Is he more of that win now player if you bring him in play at third base every day? And you t- for that trade, I'm assuming you almost guaranteed have to give up Loris Gurriel Jr. because that was the quote-unquote chip for, that the Indians were staunch on during the offseason. Are you pulling the trigger on that trade? No. No? No, I, 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 I don't mean to be a cynical, but like I just don't know. I don't, I'm not buying into the notion that Blue Jays are any offensive piece away. They are pitching away. That's it. Like I, you, you cannot improve this off, this offensive lineup. There's just no need. You're just piling it on and just replicating 2015 with a worse pitching staff. Ooh, yeah. Hurts. Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. I, there was another name that was kind of floated around with Cleveland, and that was Zach Plezak, uh, I think I saw the other day. Um, yeah, if it's Jose Ramirez and Zach Plezak, you kill two birds with one stone and you're good to go. Um, other than the bullpen, which you right. can hopefully get somebody else yeah. for. But yeah, to I don't that, so you're probably moving Steven Matz to the bullpen because he's probably your worst guy in the rotation. Yeah, right yeah, now. sure. So that yeah. wouldn't be the yeah. worst thing in the world. I, he's he, been good through the lineup once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm good with that. But yeah. Uh, if it's Lourdes as the main piece going back, I'm assuming a lot of the guys who interested them in the Francisco Lindor deal would be the ones to get it done for Jose Ramirez. Um, and I can't remember if Lourdes was rumored to be a part of that package or not. Um, Pretty back sure he was. Last season. Wouldn't be surprised uh, if he was included in that. But uh, at least they've actively engaged in trade talks as recently as this past offseason. So it might be a little easier to get a deal done for Jose Ramirez. And you might be able to avoid giving up Lourdes in that. But if Lourdes is a part of it, yeah, probably not, to Adam's point, unless you're getting a pitcher back in return with that. Like if you get a Plezak 
in that. And Lourdes is one of the biggest pieces going back. Sure, sign me up. But if it's just Jose Ramirez, no, no thanks. Yeah. Let me ask you guys something. Ramirez isn't super exp- cheap right now either. Yeah. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask this. All right. We're. I assume everybody is on the same page that we're fighting for a wild card spot. I don't think there's any hope that the Blue Jays are going to win the division. I feel like they're too far out of it. They would need a 2015 run to win the division at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if we're fighting for a wild card spot, who is pitching that one game? Robbie right Ray. Now, right now. I'm thinking I Robbie agree. Ray. <laughs> okay. Do you think that the Blue Jays there's a there's a pitcher out there in a starting pitcher out there that has been rumored to be available? that would supplement Robbie Ray in that game. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Barrios does it for me. I don't, Marquez might because he's had a good, a hell of a year. But uh, still, in my opinion, it's one good year. He's been very up and down through the last three or four. He right? has. He has I'm, sure. I'm saying no. I'm saying I, I, it's a hard sell on me because I'm giving you like a 50-50 on that person being the bring in like you were saying to be that lockdown for the next like, you know, three innings or something like that. Yep. This is yeah. why to basically be the Nathan why, effect. Yep. <laughs> this is why I want bullpen because you have you were fighting for a wild card. If assuming health, Robbie Ray is going to pitch that game. It's do or die at that point. You make mm-hmm. the move for a guy. Then that is what you're making the move for. Offense is fine. You you ride or die with this offense in that wild card game. You ride or die with Robbie Ray during that game but you can't ride with your bullpen during that game with how volatile this bullpen has been. Say it's a three to two game. Blue Jays are winning into the sixth. Yeah. I am not confident. No, I'm not confident when Robbie Ray, especially with Robbie Ray third time through the order. If you can avoid that and have bullpen help come in and shut it down. That is what I want. And I, I just don't see a starting pitcher that's available. That's going to take over either Ryu or Robbie Ray in that game. You need yeah. and offense is not you're not but looking now, for an eleven to two game at that point. Even though that's what that'd the, be nice. That'd be, <laughs> I mean, that's what the Rays did in game two against us. But still, like you, I feel like the bullpen is what is absolutely crucial to win that wild card game. It's given how the Blue Jays have not failed to give up good leads. <laughs> this yeah. bullpen, you need a lockdown bullpen. Yep. I'm so. I have a trade offer from the Twitterverse and whatnot for us on the message board, fellas, and uh, we're going to put it to a vote. You know, obviously sure. there's three of us, so we'll have a win here one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so coming from the Indians, Ramirez and Plesak for uh, what would end up what they were thinking as Gurriel, Groshans, and Pearson. No. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't know, but I think you got to get another piece from the Indians in that piece if we're giving You're up that. No? But no, I think okay. no. there's too much right. in that. As much as the fact that right now I would say you're selling as low as you humanly possibly can on Nate Pearson. I don't believe in him. Sorry. I know you're ready to ship him. He's going to be the next Trent Thornton, according to you, but don't worry. I I don't think he's going to be the next We can get Nelson Cruz. I think he's going to be the next Kyle Drayback. I really do. I'm sorry, guys. It's Jordan Groshans for me that makes me say no to that one. Yeah. I mean, if you have Ramirez for how many more years after that? A year or two? Yeah, I think it's, it's 2023. Actually, it might so be you, three. Yeah. So you figure your third base is set at that point. True. true. You wouldn't need Groshans at that point or 
But to my point, I think you might be able to get that trade done with more of Groshans and like Kevin Smith right now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. I, don't, I With the amount of money that's on Ramirez's stuff, if we're eating all that money, I think it was like a, wasn't it like 26 or something like that? I, I can't remember. I had it up a minute ago. I lost it. But yeah, it's not cheap. The Indians gave him a pretty good uh, deal right after he had that ridiculous season. And no, it, no, it right the, now. It's a very cheap contract for it how is good cheap. Is it? Okay. Yes. I, I thought yes. it was closer to that a season. <laughs> I was like, holy it's shit. It's a four year, $26 million contract. Okay. Yeah. It's so that is crazy. actually in the ballpark where we would have to give more up than probably than Definitely. not because it is team friendly at that point. So he's a, he's a hell of a player. I'll give you that. He's one of those guys that's sneaky five tools because everybody forgets the fact that because he has the home runs, he actually does steal bases. So, yeah. So he has another igniter in that lineup. Uh, so he'll be a free agent in 2024. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. You are going to have to eat something up on that trade and to get that done. So to that point though, like you said, you're locking down a position with another veteran around all these guys and he plays solid defense and offense. So I don't know. It's an all-star in the midst of that. Yes. I, uh, I think I find a way to make that trade, but I can't give up all that at the same time to that point. But I, I would be shocked if the Blue Jays ever make that trade for those two guys. I really think that Loris is going to be in the linchpin for the Indians on that trade because that's who yes. they were hunting at for the Francisco Lindor trade. And that's why the Blue Jays scoffed at it. And yeah. rightfully so after seeing in hindsight, too, because the Mets are hoping that they get the real Francisco Lindor to push the playoff spot in, mm. and lock it in, right? <laughs> the, I, to my shock notice, again, the Washington Nationals are not going down quietly. <laughs> <laughs> so it is what it is. But I, I think that's honestly, I think that's a, if the Blue Jays are going after something that helps the team more overall, if you're getting two controllable players rather than the Chris Bryant slash Kimbrel thing, you can't get much better than Craig Kimbrel right now. But to that volatile point that you mentioned, Brendan, Kimbrel finally found it again. Yeah. After a few rough seasons in Chicago. So does the move hurt him? Is he too comfortable? I don't know. To me, I think the playoff juices would get Craig Kimbrell really moving in a Toronto Blue Jay uniform. He ends up joining the team. So to wrap this trade talk on this whole thing, pick me the guy that you would be the most interested in and who we might have to give up to get him. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not saying going. the whole trade. I'm just thinking, like, I want to get a level of what you think we have to give up to get the guy you want. To me, I'm in the ballpark that I would just love to see Rodriguez come over from Pittsburgh. And I honestly think we're going to have to watch freaking King Kirk or somebody go in that trade and an additional prospect. So I'll start it off for you. <laughs> Are we assuming that if we get a closer that, as we talked about, Craig, that Romano and Dolis are going to bump down in terms of a that setup? That would be man. my opinion, correct. Okay. I think and that you're getting the trickle-down effect. Unless to that point that you all of a sudden have that magic middle reliever that we – can't find a name to put to <laughs> yeah that's what i'm i i think they'll be able to do that i think kirk is a good piece to move um i don't think there's going to be any interest in a danny jansen as much as we'd like to get on him and then over not us but blue jays fans like to shit on him then over his inflated trade value um <laughs> just because he's been in the in the majors for a cup of coffee reese mcguire's a sell high right now come on yeah no he's it's there what was the play that happened i remember tweeted out I'm like this is the moment that we're going to remember where he lost it 
I forget uh, what it was. Uh, it was against the race. The other day. Yeah, it was against was the race. All the other day? He just no, it was worse than that. He just fucked up. And I was like, yeah. this is the moment where we're gonna say that's it. Um but uh if it's Kirk for Rodriguez straight up, yeah, fine. I think there's still going to have to be a low-level throw-in to get that done, just because of their control and the goodness that is already established with Rodriguez. But the main piece would be Kirk in that trade, I think. That was okay. my... Yeah, I mean, like, if it in that regard, you still have, if you wanted to, you still have Lourdes to make another splash move if you wanted to, or and or you still have prospect capital to get another reliever. That might not be as high profile, but might solidify the pen a little bit. I'm just not sure I'm comfortable with Dolis at all. And I'm not sure oh. if I'm comfortable. <laughs> You're with, in my boat uh, on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, with Romano moving down a pay, because I don't know if that's going to fuck with them. But assuming it doesn't, sure. If, if that's the only move they make, uh, I can live with it. Sure. I want to throw this one at you because you just gave me that whole thing with Romano and his intensity and things. What does Craig Kimbrell do for Jordan Romano if he comes into this string? Is he literally like Brett Laurieing and yeah. <laughs> just going nuts? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it, it'll probably be more like. Um, why am I so bad with names? The dude that we just let go uh, last year punched himself in the face. Traded oh, over for Ken Giles. Yes, Ken Giles. Yeah. It will probably yep. be a little bit more like that, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> the you, he's not cut it with a knife. <laughs> yeah, he's not there to like sort of mentor a Romano because he's here for another couple of years, right? Yeah, they're just gonna come in and they're gonna try and outdo each other. I honestly wonder how much fun that would be. I'm just yeah, yeah I, that popped into my head like that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, shit, yeah. That'd be actually kind of fun to watch. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Bernard. All right, no, no, all good. Um, I kind of got talked into the Nelson Cruz and Jose Barrios type trade. I'd be <laughs> fine with that. Oh, and figure is. out what you do with Nelson Cruz later because I like Barrios so much. And he would be that perfect game two starter or game three starter. Um, and then you got a pretty damn good playoff rotation moving forward. Will that be enough to get into the playoffs? No, but that's where you make another minor trade or two to get uh, that middle reliever. Kind of like what they just did with Simber and uh, Trevor Richards. Um Perfect moves uh, at that point in the offseason, and those guys are everywhere. So I don't care who it is, as long as it's a guy having a good season out of the bullpen. Mark Lowe's career went to die after he left the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays had him for the best, the best stretch of his career. So um, any middle reliever who's having a good year is a trade target, and they definitely will probably add that. But if you can get Rodriguez for Kirk uh, and another piece, I pull it because I still think the prospect capital to get Barrios and Cruz wouldn't be enough to make them scared from doing that deal either. So that's where I fall on that. And not to mention Brios is not on, a, not on the most friendly of deals, but he is going to be a blue Jay yeah. for that yeah. trade too. That's the control. I, they signed him to like what, four or five and so, like you know, that. before last year. So we're going to get an extended run of a young talented pitcher at that point too. Yeah, so. He's only, and he's only 28. I think they haven't. Was it you and I that were mentioning last year that he might've been the 2020 Cy Young when we were talking beginning of season Bold Probably. predictions for awards and stuff like that because he had that awesome 2019. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I'm with you. But in the midst of that, like you were saying, I think you're going to have to give up something pretty decent, but it'll probably be one big guy and a prospect yeah. because of all the money involved. I think so. Maybe even if Which it's course, a third lower level guy, that's fine too. Correct. Mm. But at that point, you're working for the wild card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Adam. You had your, yeah, you got your thinking cap on. You good? Sure. 
No, I was I was gonna say if we're gonna do uh the the Craig I mean the, the Kirk trade, that's fine. Um, I'm just I'm not super horny for closers right now, dude. I I just I need middle relief. That's and that doesn't seem to be a lot available in that vein. Um, I, to I that just, a point, I, then is there a way you can attack that inadvertently, like we were talking by moving a guy from the rotation or something like that that would solidify that for you? Do we want to? Like, it, what, what do we think? I'll make like the a, argument a that you might be right already that we made those two trades already with Simber and uh, company. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't know that. Maybe Matt's can be okay in a, in a bullpen role. Maybe. I just feel like that would probably piss him off. Or even in Anthony Kay, if you bring him up, and I just think they like to stretch him out and, to, and adjust breaking case of emergency starter kind of role. Um, nothing's really jumping out at me. I, I've been checking out like possible scenarios. Um, I don't know. I guess Danny Duffy might be someone available. He doesn't have any control, but there's something there. I mean, or, yeah, uh, by, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to spend a lot to get him, and it will help. Um, he had a really nice season that he's been putting together for Kansas City, too, especially that one run they had there. That they were actually looking like a legit team for a little bit there and <laughs> yeah. scared the Blue Jays in one yes. series. So, did they, did they that that point, there's something there. Yeah. yeah. Three to four. Yeah. There you but go. They were on yeah. the ball before we ended up taking that. So, I'm also reading that he has a, uh, he can veto any trade. He has a uh, clause. Um, no, sorry. It's five and 10 rights. Sorry. Who, um, who was it? That's Danny Duffy. Duffy. Oh, Danny Duffy. Yeah. Um, so just add another lefty, right? Yeah. I mean, if he's able to, (laughs) if if they're able to swing it and it's probably not going to cost you a lot, that would make me more comfortable in the bullpen. And then you can use these other pieces like a Kirk or Lourdes to land something a little bit bigger. If you really want to solidify your rotation, which I don't think you need to, or if you really want to solidify your defense at third and offense at the place, which I really don't think you need to, but if you want to. The option's there. And I don't think Danny Duffy's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. So the Twitterverse is saying, where's, why haven't we talked Marquez yet? Yeah. It was either him or Barrios, and I went Barrios because Cruz. Coaxed, coaxed you into the, uh, <laughs> the Barrios talk, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think that trade would end up looking very similar with the Rockies to get Marquez. Still, yeah. I think you're going to end up getting somebody like that level of Lourdes. He's got control. He's already established major leaguer because the Rockies still have a great minor league system. They're not going to be terribly far off in a rebuild, I think. They're going to want something back normal. But remember, the Rockies organization has a history of being stupid, so we can probably make them look stupid. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ian Desmond comes to mind. Out. Just some of the yep. weirdest trades and free agent signings in like San the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe they can be some. Yeah. So, hey, if that works, that works. But gentlemen, I don't want to keep the everybody that has been off fortunate enough to be listening with us and everything this evening as we're already pushing that hour mark. I want to quickly go over. Uh, we're skipping the fact that I'm not going to talk tropic terrors that we just had. We're no, skipping that right. topic tonight. Let's jump into the preview for the Rangers and the Red Sox series to do the picks to click. Um, so let's just talk who we did the last few last week here too in the wonderful shortened week that it was. Brandon Panikar, you had Alec Manoa. Marcus Semyon for Mr. Corsair. I picked Randall Gritchick, hoping that he would have his normal Tampa Bay Rays series. And then fellow guest of the show and uh, guest host, actually, last week as a pinch hitter, 
Chris K- Chris Key, and uh, he had picked his you know Man Crush Monday and Robbie Ray. Of course, I think unfortunately, <laughs> he nice. did, uh, probably Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think sure. so. It might be. <laughs> Out of those four is Manoa, Semyon, Grichik, and Ray. And Ray had pretty much the standout pitching performance since our last show. I feel like oh, that's yeah. the easy win. Actually, so, I forgot about that because that was the only game I didn't get to watch in that series. So that's um, one I to yeah. it. I was, as soon as I saw this line and I had to go watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was watching the England game. That's why. So I'm like, holy shit, this guy's throwing a no-hitter right now. So, yeah, it's it's Robbie Ray for sure. Six innings of no-hit baseball. Easily the highlight, of, like I said, the terrors at the trap. And, yeah, so Chris points to you in the guest spot. <laughs> There's now two wins total for the guest spot so just to say brendan they're nipping up on your heels you yeah. you are now in third place and brendan and adam overtook you last week so he's got four wins on the season i'm still at six <laughs> <laughs> how the tables have turned <laughs> we also said if you're in need of a quick win just pick Vladdy. <laughs> it's exactly. just, just pop it off it's just that's an easy one right <laughs> yeah. so, so whoever's in last just just i got the win Vladdy. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, is that what you're doing then? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, do I, it. I, I need one. I, I haven't got one for a little while. So this is if you follow the streak you've been doing so far, you've literally had a win and then four losses each time you've won a game. This would be your week according to that math. Hey, all right. <laughs> That's good because that could mean that the Blue Jays get off to a good start after the All-Star break too, so – Riding a high right now with the Blue Jay win of the All-Star game with three runs scored. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. But Mr. Corsair, your pick. Oh, man. Um, I forget how many games it is against each, but I think there were six games. Yeah, three, for this. three Texas and three Red Sox. Yeah. Texas will be fun because they should be able to do some substantial damage there. In Buffalo, too. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Springer. Let's let's get a rebound nice. from him. Hopefully he's batting leadoff. Let's go Springer. Get yeah, there could be some changes to that lineup come around with just long enough that uh, maybe it's tinker time and hurry up and yeah. see what squeeze out of this lineup. Um, I'm going to go ball. Seeing you guys are all going bigger, go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big guns. So, I just think it's funny that actually I don't know how this lined up, but the last person, the, the people that we just picked were actually the people that got us each of our last wins. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like I said, Brendan, you had a win four weeks ago, and you picked Vlad. Um, <laughs> Springer was your pick two weeks ago, Adam. And then I haven't had it. Uh, I had a win three weeks ago with Bo. So wow. <laughs> I, I guess it's good to bet on offense. And uh, yeah. Blue Jays fans, hit us up on the Twitter before the game starts tomorrow and get in on yours. And uh, we'll give you a shout out if you are one of the pick the click wins. And you'll get us another point for the guest spot slash fandom spot on our uh, wonderful little game here the robbie ray spot that's the default answer for uh our guest spot because of chris key (laughs) (laughs) so anyway gentlemen anything you want to add to the show any shout outs or anything you would like to do before we you know do our traditional uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say two claps and a rick flair and a vlad dance tonight (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) um yeah i have something I, i i was on uh Stadium scenes show the other day. Uh, the episode hasn't been released, but they just celebrated 100 episodes. And uh, I found out that I was the second person to ever sign up for them. Um, wow. I was also on there with the first. So we're uh, 
we're bringing this full circle back to Jay Bird watching and uh, just a shout out to Stadium Scene. And uh, once that episode is released, I'll be sure to retweet it. And correct me if I'm wrong, they actually asked us to retweet out a bunch of stuff today about a new YouTube channel. I yeah, yeah. So there is some new some new fun stuff going at our friends um, over at Stadium Scene TV. And yeah, check them out. Enjoy. It's all sports all the time. That's the, the whole beautiful thing about it. <laughs> so I, I have something to add. Get vaccinated because there you go. it's 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 messing shit up right now with the Yankees. And like I've been keeping my eye on the Twitter sphere this entire episode. And my goodness, like Aaron Judge uh, is apparently the one that's involved. And he was the, the all star game. He was right oh. by um, uh, Mrs. Aaron, um, Billy Aaron. And like it's possible you never know with the people that were there that were unvaccinated that could become a super spreader event, the all-star game. And if you want the Blue Jays venue and all the other media and everything, that sounds like a fun time. Yeah. And uh, that certainly cements the Blue Jays are not getting government approval to play in Toronto starting July 30th. Uh, Tomorrow's the deadline for that homestand. The next would be for the August 20th series against the Tigers and the White Sox. But with this whole uh, unvaccinated player wrinkle and COVID going around the Yankees clubhouse now, I'm having trouble thinking at any point now. Maybe the 20th, but um, you never know. Not unless there's a drastic mind shift in players getting uh, vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. Um, To that point, I don't know if you've also been looking at the news today, but the state of California is going back to wearing masks. Yes, indoors. Yeah, masks indoors. So um, just to point that out, obviously, everybody, that is a quick solution to hopefully getting at least more things better in your, the in the win column, I'll say. So go out there, get your get take the shot, take the take plunge a w, man. normal. Yeah, <laughs> we need some we need some more wins in uh, in life, period. Why make it hard on yourselves? So also the cell point, phone reception is fucking incredible. Oh, my 5G has been awesome. man. I got my new phone and everything. The tumor is going great. You know, yeah, yeah, no big deal. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting all kinds of new rock stations on my antenna, just saying. No, my antenna's <laughs> growing out. It's great. It's great. Uh, don't mind the tail. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, Blue Jays fans, thank you very much for hopping in and listening to us tonight. And we had plenty of you chit-chatting with us this evening during our live recording. Um, gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong. Were we thinking next Thursday again? Yes, Probably. It's an off day. I was looking at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have an off day, right? Yes, yeah. Correct. Okay, so we will be recording with you guys next Thursday, which I believe is just because I'm going to be this guy. This is the 22nd, 22nd you know, yep. a whole seven days from today, which is the 15th. I should have just done the math in my head. <laughs> Apparently, it's easy to look at the calendar. So, to me, you know, following the family motto there is no brains, no headache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to that point, Blue Jays fans, we will be here to do live next Thursday. Join the conversation with the three of us. If we have any guests, obviously, you're more than welcome to obviously chat with them, too. We are enjoying the feedback and whatnot that we had this evening. Some fun with trade talks and extra, you know, hyperbole with what could be the Blue Jays roster over the next few weeks. Until next time, guys, find us on your uh, podcast, wherever you get your pleasures from for on that whole deal. And fellas, ready to do this? Two claps on Ric Flair and let's go Blue Jays. Woo! Let's go, go Blue Jays. There's the Vlad dance. Hashtag do a Vlad dance. <laughs> <laughs>
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.